lot of things to learn. There are a lot of things to know. But tonight we will focus, if we can, with three things. And uh, first of all, to that is that um, what are the great things await us in heaven? So again, we have knowledge of the Bible and um, the teachings of our church, the, the lessons that we have sampled before with regards to uh, what we expect in heaven, but there are things also that we can add to that. And aside from that, we will also learn about the comfort concerning those who have gone to heaven. And lastly, uh, we will be able to make the time um, or be able to put this together tonight. We will see the motivation, the motivation for all of us who believe, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to tell people how they will get to heaven also. So these are the things that we are going to focus tonight. And we will look at this uh, and go deeper into this. And first, the Bible, uh, we see there, uh, teaches us about the heaven. There are three heavens mentioned there, especially Apostle Paul mentioned that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, because of him, we learn that, oh, there are three heavens mentioned in the Bible. Other parts of scripture, uh, you can't really open that one. We know that there is this heaven and heaven of heaven. Uh, if you look at that, if you look at that, it seems like there are two heavens. But the Apostle Paul wrote in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse number two, uh, you see that he mentioned about three heavens. Perhaps for some it's a surprise, but for many of us it's no longer a surprise because we have read, read this passage many times before, and we, we know that that there are three. Um, uh, three heavens mentioned here. He said in verse number two, in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse number two, I know I knew a man in Christ about fourteen years ago, whether in the body I can tell, or whether out of the body I can tell, not known. Such an one called up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I can tell that knowing. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Now, he mentioned about this great heaven. So that means we know that we, if we look up into the sky, we call it heaven, and when we uh, when we discover that both the senses discover that there are this vast space there, out there is a vast space, and um, where all these stars um, they, they discover all these um, things, creation in the constellations, and then we know that that is what they are calling us. Second heaven. And Apostle Paul discovered there's some, some place where God dwells, the throne of God is situated, and he called it third heaven. So in the Bible, it mentions first heaven, second heaven, and third heaven. In James chapter 5, verse 18, 
This is what we see in the Earth's atmosphere. This is what we see, you know, immediately. We go out of the clouds, the, the heaven will rain. So we go to heaven. The Bible says here about, um, um, this is about Elijah. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. But again, this heaven that, you know, uh, James mentions is not the heaven where God dwells. This is not the place where the Lord of God dwells. And we go to the second heaven that, um, that is also mentioned in um, Matthew chapter 34, mentioned about the, 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 the sky, farther up in the sky, in the outer space, in Matthew 24, verse 29, it says that the stars shall fall from heaven. It mentions heaven there. So this is where, you know, the, the outer space, the, the, the galaxies, all the stars in the constellations um, are situated. And we can call it second heaven. But now here, let's take a look at this. What Apostle Paul mentioned about the third heaven. And in his writings, it shows us that this is where the throne of God is. This is already being prepared, as the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 13, that this place is being prepared now to come down, as mentioned in this chapter of Revelation, Revelation 13, verse number 12. Revelation 13. I'll go there. Take a look at this verse. In verse number 12 of Revelation chapter 13. And he recited them. And he is recited all the power of the first beast before him. And causes the earth, and then which dwell in to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. I think I got it um, wrong. New Jerusalem, I think this is the 20. Let me take New Jerusalem, but that is chapter 22, mentioned about. I'm just going to my reference is not accurate.
He said, in the body or out of, outside of the body, he cannot tell. But he saw it. He saw this place. And this is the place where we can call the third heaven. And he mentioned it and he called it um, third heaven. And heaven has a lot of uh, good names that um, attributed to the, to, the, to the name heaven. In, in Isaiah chapter 23, verse number 17, the Bible says, Thine eyes shall behold the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. So this is the name of that place called heaven. Heaven is a land that is very far off. How far is it? It's very far. You and I cannot go there unless, unless um, the Lord Jesus Christ who owns this place will come to you and take you there. Heaven is a land that is very far off. And also in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, it's mentioned here about heaven. You have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. So heaven is the place that is everlasting. Heaven is an everlasting place. Enduring substance. In other words, it's always fresh. It's always, you know, um, beautiful. It's, it's, there's no expiration. There's no ending. Enduring substance. And again, Hebrews chapter 12 mentioned about and calling heaven another name. Verse number 22, Hebrews 12, 22. The city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So heaven is called heavenly Jerusalem. I do not know. Um, many of us who who do not know much about the culture, about the people, about the place of Israel. We do not, you know, um, um, appreciate much about the place, Jerusalem. I'll, I'll tell you, I, do, I have not been there, I have not um, um, stepped on that holy land, holy place, but I want to. I desire to, to go there. I desire to. Um, to Jerusalem, to travel to Israel, and look at this, you know, the, the things that I read in the Bible, and the place there, which is where we, maybe you can see with your eyes, and I love to experience that. And there, um, for many people, they do not appreciate this place. Many people would appreciate or maybe long to travel to Paris, or or New York. Many people want to go to LA, perhaps Japan, or perhaps go to the, uh, the, uh, the Great Wall of uh, China, but not so much in Jerusalem. They prefer um, other places because they like to go to those places. But for people, some people, especially those people who are, you know, um, have affinity to, 
um, to the Bible, you cannot really help but love this place. This is the heavenly Jerusalem. This is the city of the living God. But again, that place, Jerusalem, is not the actual um, place. It will be, it's just like a resemblance. It is just like a you know, the miniature of, of the real heavenly Jerusalem. The city of the living God is being prepared. It will come down from heaven. It will come down from God. And yeah, it, will, it, will, um, it will be uh, of this planet one day. When the Lord finishes all the work of this, of this um, planet, this earth will be dissolved. The heaven will be dissolved in uh, the new Jerusalem. The city of the living God will come down from God out of heaven. And that's what we believe today in the book of Revelation. And in Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 15, Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 15, it mentions that uh, it will receive the promise of eternal inheritance. It is called eternal inheritance. Heaven is an you will have a blessing that you will receive from God and that blessing will not expire again because it is eternal. It is going to continue on throughout all eternity. But, you know, if you, if you are an heir to a billionaire or someone, if you are an heir to a billionaire, when the billionaire will pass on, and, uh, and, and his um, substance will be also given um, uh, to you because you are a kid. You will enjoy the blessing. You will enjoy the blessing of the substance that you receive. But this is an end because you too will pass on. You will, you will, uh, time will come that you will also go. But this year, what God has promised to all of us who receive the Lord Jesus Christ, all of us, we have this promise of eternal inheritance Amen. that will never end. Yep. You will enjoy it from the very moment you touch there, you know, you arrive there, all the way for all eternity, without end. And that is why this is far better than any Yep. This is far better than any enjoyment that you will enjoy in this earth. Yep. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. Again, this is called mansions. Heaven is uh, you know, a place of mansions, not just singular mansions. Uh, it is um, the, house, uh, the Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And we will receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you will be also. Heaven is a place of mansions. Another thing that the name heaven, uh, the name heaven of, is in First or Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 17. It says, far more exceeding an eternal weight of 
and eternal weight of glory. Heaven is extremely glorious. I, I do not know if that is, you know, uh, the correct or, um, you know, the, the sufficient description of that place. Heaven is extremely glorious. I think when, when we think of extreme glory, what heaven is all about is all that we Yep. Our words cannot define. Our words cannot, um, you know, um, define what is the truth place. It really is. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ is in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 20, is, you know, encouraging the disciples, lay up for yourselves. Treasure in heaven. Heaven is a place of treasure. You don't have treasure here on earth? Oh, in heaven. You will have all the treasure. Treasure that will never go away. If you can own maybe uh, this kind of building and this building full of gold, I think you will be happy. One day you will die, you will leave this gold behind. But that treasure in heaven, that place is eternal. You will never leave the treasure behind. You will leave with the treasure for all eternity. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, uh, he said in, in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, that looking into Jesus, the author and of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sits down at the right hand of God. You see, when he sits down at the right hand of God, all those agonies gone, all those pains gone, and now the glory for all the things. That is what God is going to give to us. When we get there, have all these blessings that you long to deserve. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man what God, what things God has prepared for them in the God. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ, happy are you. Because um, that joy that you have, that love that you have for the Lord, um, will be um, will be rewarded when you come. You see, heaven is extremely glorious. And also, uh, another thing in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 16, is heaven is a better place. It is a better heavenly country, for he has prepared for them a city. In other words, in other words, God is preparing a city for, for us. He is preparing a place for all of us. And, and again, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 4, Apostle Paul said, He was caught up into paradise. So heaven is paradise. Heaven is a place of satisfaction. Heaven is a place of abundance. And, and we know why heaven is full of joy and peace. We know why. Because 
God is there. The Lord Jesus Christ is there. I don't tell you heaven is not there. It's not even there. Yep. A lot of people will say go to heaven and think God is not there. <laughs> because what they really are running after is the material thing, not God. Yep. But for all of us who love the Lord, the blessing is also heaven, not a lot of room. All those joy and peace, abundance, satisfaction, um, everything that um, you lack in this world, everything is also supplied in that place. So we know there are three heavens mentioned. The first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. Now, here, as we know it, heaven also is one, is just one of the two destinations for those. That's right. It's just one. There are two destinations that souls will get up to. But this one is for all of us who love the Lord Jesus, for all of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, for the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, at death, the spirits and souls of believers will go immediately to heaven. Yep. And the body, the body that we have right now, sleeps in the earth until the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. Uh, this body will be put up yep. to enjoy our spirit and soul. Amen. And again, 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse number 8, will tell you that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The spirit and the soul will be separated from the body to be with the Lord at the moment of death. But the body will remain here on earth. Under the ground and wait until the coming return of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, our flesh and our spiritual body, uh, sorry, our flesh and spiritual soul will be separated from the body. Okay, just to give you, uh, the Bible mentions about these three, uh, uh, three parts of man, body, soul, and spirit, in Deuteronomy the Thessalonians 5. So that before we uh, delve into this um, topic further, I want to read that in your eyes and read it <coughs> and see it <coughs> so that you will know that there is indeed this body, soul, and spirit in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 26, 23, verse number 23, and the very God of peace sanctify your body, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, for many of us, perhaps uh, we, don't, we don't understand really clearly about these three parts of man, body, soul, and spirit, because we thought that spirit and soul is just one. No, there are two different um, entities. Body is different, the soul is different, the spirit is different. And again, um, our 
will be separated from our spirit and soul. Our body is this matter here uh, subject to the affairs of this material world. We eat, we drink, we breathe. All of this that, you know, to sustain our body, this earth provides it. It is provided by this earth so that our body will be sustained. And our soul, the soul is different because the soul is different from our body because this is the very house of our emotions. This is the house of our senses and our will. And the spirit is also different from that. The spirit is like a conveyor. It's like uh, internet, if you will. So if the body is like the hardware of the computer, the soul is like the program that operates the, the computer. The spirit is like the internet that enables the computer to communicate with the outside world. If you see the computer, is really, you know, something similar to that. If the computer has no internet, it's just like the hardware and the operating system. But there's no internet, it cannot communicate outside of the um, hardware. But once there is internet, then it can connect. It can, it can connect to uh, some part outside of the computer. The same thing is true with our life. We have body, we have soul, we have spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 16. Romans chapter 8, verse number 16. The spirit, and you can notice that this spirit is capital S. This is that I say that communicates the spirit, capital S is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit now, you can see the spirit or S. Because that is your spirit, my spirit. But our spirit, the small S spirit, communicates with the Holy Spirit. So this too communicates. So the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. So our communication with God is frequent. Spirit to spirit. The Holy Spirit does not communicate with the body. It's not the mode of communication and connection. It should be the person his spirit must be alive. If that spirit is disconnected, God will not communicate with that Person. That is why with um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, clearly states, uh, 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 spoke about us being dead in sin. In, in verse number 1, it says, And you have been quickened. You need to be back to life again. God needs to make. 
make you alive again. The word wicked is yep. being made alive. That means before that, before God, you know, opened in the spirit, in our spirit, we were dead. Before the working of the spirit in your life, you were dead. And you had been wicked. Who were dead? In trespasses and sins. So we were dead. So the Holy Spirit worked in our life, and we are alive. That is the word wicked. What was being made alive? It's not the, it's not the soul. It's actually the spirit. Or soul is dead without the spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit is, you know, uh, uh, being made alive. I think if you, uh, if you go to Genesis, Genesis, uh, let's take a look at this. Genesis chapter, chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. You can see here what, at the beginning, at the, the very first instance of death, is mentioned here. In Genesis chapter 2. What happened here? Adam died, not physically, but spiritually, because his spirit was disconnected. His spirit is dead. But he was still alive. He was still like uh, uh, moving around, eating and uh, drinking and, and, and uh, enjoying life, perhaps. He had, he had um, Eve with his wife, and he had children afterwards, but all those times he was dead. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That moment that you will eat that uh, fruit of the tree, that moment that you eat the fruit of the tree, you will die. And he did. He ate of the fruit of the tree. And right there, God said, he died. But he was not dead, you know, uh, like what uh, we know of death. He was moving around. He uh, talked to God. He responded uh, well. And God asked him questions. And he responded. And then they move around. They, they, they leave outside the garden. And then uh, they, they live their life. And in fact, he died 930 years after. But he is dead. The moment that he ate of the fruit of the tree, in verse number uh, chapter three, verse number verse number one. Now the serpent was more subtle than any man or any beast of the field, um, which the Lord God has made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We will eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that in the evening of then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God, knowing uh, good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the 
Mr. Wong and he did, and he also a triumphant with her, and, and he did it. And the eyes of the both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they stood things together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord, God, walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord God, amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam, and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And it is who told thee that thou was naked? As thou eatest of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou feelest me, forgivest me, she gave thee of the tree, and I did eat. And again, you, you see the story there. The communication, the moment that Adam ate of the fruit of the tree, only one part of his life. That was the spirit. He still has the soul. He still has his body. When you have the body and soul, you can go, you know, work and come back home and, and prepare for the next day and, and, and do your chores and, and prepare your uh, clothes for the next day's work and um, pay your bills and maybe go for a course and, and study. You can do all of these things without anything for the vision from God. Without any communication from God, you can still do things of your own. But that is what um, happens to every person that is not saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. When the person is not saved yet, that person has only body and soul. It has not the spirit that can communicate with God. The spirit must be alive again. It needs to be. Um, needs to be alive again by the powerful operation of the Holy Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit of God that will make the spirit of man um, alive again. Amen. So, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 14, the Bible tells us here that they also which live in Jesus will God bring with him. Every person that dies and he has Jesus Christ in his life, that person will be awakened. You know, that, that body of the person will be awakened out of the grave to be with the Lord when he comes. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 5, Colossians chapter 1, verse number 5, but we are come unto Mount Zion, the heavenly. So all of us that will receive the Lord, that, that, will, that will receive to the Lord Jesus Christ, will all be taken to that heavenly Jerusalem. We will all be there together with Him. And again, this is the place where Abraham desired. This is the place where David also desired to be in that country, to be in that place whose builders and maker is God. So this is the place that they, they look for. Uh, not, not the place that Jerusalem in, in the Middle East, but 
God is going to bring down from heaven and leave uh, the people of God together. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24, the Bible says, Knowing in yourself that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Peter said, To an inheritance reserved in heaven for you. And Apostle John said also in, in Revelation chapter 19, verse number 1, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven. There will be a lot of people in heaven. Because every person that receives the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, these people will be in heaven one day. And in, in um, John chapter 12, verse number 26, where I am, he said, there you may be also. And we know where, where the Lord Jesus Christ is. He is, you know, um, um, he is in heaven, so therefore we will be with him. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. You see, we know that in our physical house of this tabernacle, the Bible says, where he sold, we have a building of God, Paul said. We have a building of God, a house that made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we are like, you know, um, um, giving all these um, things revealed in the word of God that will give our minds an imagination of what is in heaven. And this is the place that God is prepared for all of us. And it is just like you saw when he said that I have not seen or even heard neither have entered into the heart of man. What things God has God prepared for them that God has seen. This is for all of us so that we will not be we will not be you know succumbent to uh, living our life only in this world. Living our life only in the flesh. The Bible will give you another perspective, better perspective in life. That the life that we are living here in this world is actually a preparation for eternity. Yep. And if you will not prepare very well, if you will not be, if you will not prepare very well, you will have that great, great embarrassment or great, you know, um, um, sinfulness. Yep. Yep. That is why we are we are admonished, you know, when he shall appear, we should have confidence yep. and not be ashamed before him yep. at his coming. Our church will always, you know, uh, bring your mind into understanding, bring your mind into the proper perspective in life. Because if you do not come to church, you will not come to uh, living like this, and you will not come where preaching of the word uh, of God is done, then uh, you will not learn how to, how to counter this work of the flesh in your life. But the word of God will work, the, the, the church will work um, through the word of God to give the people of God the other perspective, which is the better perspective in life. And that 
the heavens also will be lifted with perfectly. Why God will also destroy heaven? He will destroy heaven because things have not started with religion in heaven. God has nothing to do with religion. God has nothing to do with sin. That's why he will, he will destroy the earth, he will destroy the heaven, and he will have a new heaven and a new earth. And then this paradise, this city, this Jerusalem, new Jerusalem, will come down from God. You know, and then it will be, will come down from heaven, from God. And then all of us, all of us that, were, that are protected by God, will be living. Here, you can find that our 
um, coming. God is preparing a place for us. What have you prepared for it? What have you prepared for the Lord? We need also to be ready. We need also to prepare ourselves. Because God requires us to be ready. There will be more about heaven. Uh, there will be more um, um, items that uh, I want to uh, share to you. The beautiful uh, things to, to speak about heaven. But this one right here uh, needs to be uh, learned by all of us. There are three heavens. Don't forget that. The first, the second, and the third heaven. And we have heaven has a lot of things. And then Heaven is just one of the two dimensions of God. And our body, soul, and spirit are different. So all of this are revealed in the Bible. All of us, all of us, expected to learn this. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, for God, that you um, have given us this translation uh, of yourself, translation of what's going to happen uh, after death. And things, Lord, that you are already uh, set to do uh, in the future. And it's already, Lord, done. Your word is already complete. And things, Lord, that not happening yet will surely come to pass. Because you, Lord, are the one who makes these things to happen. And Lord, help us that our focus will be on the things about. Lord, help us to, uh, while we do our normal chores in the day, help us also that to think about the source of men around us. Help us, Lord, that we will be the more uh, influencing uh, people for you, so that people, Lord, will also love you, will also serve you, rather than us being influenced by other people around us. Lord, help your people. Because you are sitting us into this place as light. And Lord, we are set up in this place as soul. If our life will not be stable, where we shall we be chosen? And what is our purpose if we will not affect the lives of other people? Lord, help all of us, that we may be mindful of the things that are important to us, and that Lord, we may devote ourselves to and we may devote, devote our time to the things that, that affect souls of men. And help Lord, our church, that we will not just be hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. Let's one minute, Lord, um, our people, let uh, people are taking so much um, responsibility, especially um, um, the ones trying right now. They need your help. <coughs> they need your strength, Lord. Help our new leaders, young people. Help the married women. Help the men in our church. And the young businessmen. That, Lord, you may. Um, um, put a lot of people to 